Hello all, I'm your host Austin Miller and I want to talk to you about a few exciting things before we get the show rolling today. One, it's a new year, new show, new us. So, you know, every time at the end of the year, I kind of reflect on what was going on as well as what I want to do in this coming year. And one of the things I was looking at and noticing as I was looking at the show was you guys really like shows that are more focused on pop culture, on current movies and shows and the news and those types of things, more so than the history aspects. So with that in mind, the show is going to pretty much stay exactly how it has, right? Where we run through industry news, right? Talking about the latest trailers and things that are happening in Hollywood and the movies and, and TV as well as all the shows that are releasing this this week and the movies that are dropping this week. That's going to stay exactly the same. Um, but the last part of the show where we typically do a deep dive on a history topic, we're going to do a deep dive on pop culture. So it will be discussing a specific show that's happening, maybe doing a review of a movie, counting down our favorite movies of the year, that type of thing. And today I have my buddy Parker Stanley on to do that. So he'll be joining us at the end of the show to discuss episodes one and two of HBO's hit show, The Last of Us. So if you haven't seen it or you care about spoilers, I would recommend holding off on that last part of the show until you've watched. But if you don't really care and you just want a good conversation to join along, listen through to the whole episode. I also am going to be bringing on a lot more guests and people to uh, talk with. So it's just more brings more interesting conversations into the mix. So today I actually have my wife on, Laura Miller. So she's hopping on for the first half of the show to help me run through some news. So I hope you like these small changes. Let me know in the comments. Let me know on Instagram at Strangers Fiction Podcast or TikTok how you're feeling about this new format. But I promise you, I think... This is going to be a lot more fun for you. It's going to just kind of be more topical and relevant. And guess what? On my social platforms, I'll still be talking about history and things I care about from time to time. But in terms of the actual show, we are 100% focused on movies and TV shows from here on out. That also helps with algorithm. You know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, they don't really like you to ride to you know both sides of the fence they want you to stick to a category be in a niche that they can understand and so that makes it really easy for them to understand what type of show we are and get discovered more easily now enough housekeeping let's jump into the show All right, welcome to episode 36 of Strangest Fiction. I'm your host, Austin Miller, and today we have a special guest. Dun, 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 dun. Not only is it the first woman guest we've had on the show, it also happens to be my wife, Laura Miller. Hello, hello. I am honored to be here in Strangest Fiction land um, since I am your number one fan. I appreciate it. And. Considering we haven't seen each other all day, I think this is going to be like our first quality time, which is kind of weird considering we're having this quality time on air. I, is this considered a date? Because we needed a date this weekend, and like, is this happening right I, now? I think so. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some great news today or to go through for the week, as well as some new releases. Nothing too crazy on the release side, but we do have some fun news to talk through. So let's jump right into it. 
First off for industry news, we have news around David Crosby, who recently died. David Crosby, of course, the famous rock star from Crosby, Steals, Nash & Young. R.I.P., baby. Um, and basically, kind of an article came out on Variety talking about him having been super close to, to making an apocalyptic hippie, hippie movie with the creators of Jaws. As reported in April 6, 1971 edition of Variety, family was set to begin filming in Oregon in May 1971. The green light for production from UA was real, but then the hammer came down. UA asked Crosby to put up the publishing rights to his songs as collateral against the budget for the movie. So essentially, um, in order to raise funds and money for this movie, he would have to put up all his musical records, which are incredibly valuable, as collateral in case the movie wasn't able to recoup funds. His advisor advised against it, and basically that turned out to probably be a really smart decision considering all the money he made. But what do you think about this? What do you think about Apocalyptic Hippie Movie by David Crosby? You know, I'm kind of bummed that he didn't put up all of his uh, records so that we could enjoy that uh, cinema masterpiece. <laughs> but I think you're right. I think he, his family probably appreciate did not go forward with that. Yeah, I think that was a really smart decision. Although, I have to say, um, seeing a movie directed, created by him with some of the makers of Jaws would have been fun just to have seen. But yes, for his posterity, uh, definitely the right decision. I can't, I can't even wrap my head. What is a hippie? Like, what? what is that even? Ill, I don't know because post post can't even talk post apocalyptic is usually a pretty violent genre like I mean guys like zombies people yeah. are fighting for resources but then you have these like hippie flower children like are they trading drugs for for like food or like I, I mean what 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 they are very resourceful right they, they can, hippies can do a lot of like stuff like that like their own sewing living and, off the land yeah for real um so. they're just like stoned the entire time and, like, I really think that was yeah I don't I don't think you're off, like far off from what I was reading about this the film it's basically like a dawn to dust so like following one family or one hippie commune from morning to dawn of what it would be like if the world were to end um which is kind of funny because the way they live already is like as if the world had kind of ended right there yeah yeah so anyways moving on scream six trailer dropped must see must see according to people magazine on thursday paramount pictures and spyglass media group released the first full trailer of the scream six which marks the return of scream four's kirby played again by hayden panettiere as well as courtney cox who reprises her role as Gail Weathers. The trailer teases Melissa Barrera and Tyra Carpenter played by Jenna Ortega. Deadly run-in with Ghostface in New York City as they try to acquire the help of bystanders in a bodega. Ghostface appears to single out Gail individually in the new trailer as the killer stalks her, giving way to nerve-wracking confrontation between Sam, Tara, and newcomer Josh Cigar's character. So, I have never seen any of the Scream movies. What? Have you seen any of the Scream Oh, movies? I have. Which ones? Like, how many Screams are there now? But I think well, I've I mean, seen Scream is, one the trailer two. for six, so Okay, five. then I've only seen like the first way back when. I remember I they were rated R and we got them from Clean Flick. Don't know if you've heard of that. <laughs> so, so each uh, two-hour movie that turned into a 45-minute uh-huh. image. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. So that's the version I saw of Scream back in the day. Nice. Um, I do feel like they've got some heavy hitters here. Jenna Ortega, she's on a roll. Like Okay, so if I may, this is the whole reason I put this on here is because like I've had no interest in Scream. I mean, it's it's one of those like cultural touchstones where it's get reference in like every, every movie like or show like family guy simpsons whatever you always see the screen mask you know what it is but the actual movie i had no interest but then i see this kind of cast of like okay hayden panetary i haven't seen her do anything since like the heroes show yeah. back in the early 2000s and then hot off of wednesday you have jenna ortega so i'm like okay maybe i'm, I'm kind of in on this and courtney cox is an eight so and she was in the original screen so yeah yeah great. so i mean not to 
be rude, but debatable on if she ages or not. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, come on, I loved her in Friends. She was awesome. So I'm kind of in bought in just on the cast alone. The movie could be awful. I mean, how many times can we get a guy in the same mask? Like hunting, I, having not seen him, have we not caught him yet? Like six times, six movies. Is it different people playing it? Do you know? He's that good. He's that good. No, I, mean, I you, can't remember. You can't remember. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think. Like, is it like the same person, or is this just like someone picks up the mantle of the the scream mask and they like you know each generation there's a new scream or a copycat i would have to do so. Okay, it's well, been a while well wherever the set is located these police need to do a better job of <laughs> investigating what's going on um but okay in terms of industry news oh yeah we got one more one more item here so this one's this one didn't happen this week this happened like a couple weeks ago but it's kind of been picking up a little more steam on social media and i thought it was a little crazy and i wanted to talk to you about this um without looking at this list laura okay rolling stones just dropped their top 200 uh, singers of all time. Maybe guess a few that you think would make the top 10. Whitney. Okay, did you look? No, I really didn't. All right. Yeah, Whitney Houston's number two. Who else? Michael Jackson. Uh, no, not in the top ten. He, I think he made the top two hundred, but not. I wonder if he's not on because of well, anyway. Um, oh, now the press. Taylor Swift. Okay, we're we're done here. What? <laughs> Taylor Swift top ten of all time. I don't know. She's. Have you? Like, this is not songwriter. This is vocal like singer. Uh, um, I mean, I'm, maybe they're taking that into account. Willie Nelson. Okay. Uh, I love Willie Nelson. <laughs> he's one of my favorite of all time, but I wouldn't Justin say Justin Bieber. No. Okay. Well, we'll give you Whitney Houston. To be honest, I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have like off the top of my head guessed any of these. Mariah Carey. Yes, boom, she's number five. So okay, you did better than I would have done. Thank um, you, thank you. But let me run through the top ten real quick, and then we'll get into why this is kind of like a hot button item right now. Top ten, going from ten all the way to one. Number ten, we have Al Green. Nine, Otis Redding. Eight, Beyonce. Seven, Stevie Wonder. Six, Ray Charles. Five, Mariah Carey. Four, Billie Holiday. Three, Sam Cooke. Two, Whitney Houston. And number one of all time, Aretha Franklin. So why is this controversial? Well. Well, Sam Cooke? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I think the biggest controversy, what people thought was like the biggest snub was Celine Dion not even being in the um, top 200. She wasn't what? even in the top 200. So first of all, you have this top 10 list, which I think there's some like really good ones. Aretha Franklin, uh, Whitney Houston, right? You know, I don't know, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder. But it does seem like they all stuck to kind of the same genre, which is like this soul type of music. They, they didn't really branch out in terms of like including any opera, like Pavarotti, any uh, classical rock like it was all the same genre they left out celine dion out of the top 200 that's wild and then my beef freddie mercury should be in top 10 i mean he's probably in terms of just pure vocals i think this is shocking this is from the rolling stones like come on yeah rolling stone well it's rolling stone mag not actually the band yes i knew i knew that so wait is it called the rolling stone magazine yeah rolling stone magazine so when you said rolling stones i thought you meant like mick jagger himself your list was throwing me off yeah well my bad. Don't read my notes too close. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, is there anyone else though you'd want to like just kind of honorary nominate top ten off the top of your head that, that didn't make the cut? Amy Grant. Amy Grant. Hook her up, dude. Amy Grant. I'd say Robert Plant. Maybe uh, Prince. David Bowie. Um, Spice Girls. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Totally. Dean, Dean Martin. I don't know. There's just there's are they a bunch. not even? Yeah. So like... not that the list is. I I will say Beyonce. I don't know. Maybe I don't know her songs well enough. I know she's a very passionate fan base. So I won't speak too. But I feel like Beyonce's fan, like, like, 
you know what I mean? Like those. Yeah. Those well, I think part of her appeal is like her songwriting and her performances of her song. Yeah. Not her actual voice. Not that her voice is bad, but yeah. compared to some of these other people, I don't. Yeah. Know. It's a it's a tough tough job making this list, but they definitely chose like everything kind of in the same genre. So okay, I lied. One more bit of news here. Um, this one's gonna be a sad one for a lot of us. Netflix account sharing crackdown. So Netflix is cracking down on account sharing. So if you're sharing your password with friends, family, whatever, they they release the date that this is actually going to start kind of taking place and it's March. So that gives us uh, like two months to get our affairs in order, decide, uh, you know, notify family members uh, you're no longer <laughs> allowed on our accounts. So That means we're going to have to start paying. Uh, no, we're paying. No, no, no. We're paying. They took over, yeah. We're, we're going to have to start paying Netflix. This is hard. I thought news. we were paying and people in our family were uh. sharing. Okay, well, dang, we're about to be the ones out in the street. We're, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for the news. Um, we do have a few weekly releases, new shows and movies dropping this week. Nothing too crazy, but um, I have two shows I want to shout out. One is called Poker Face, coming to Peacock. I know not everyone has Peacock. I, I wish Peacock... <laughs> Ooh, do sing. Let's see your. Let's see what number you make on the top two hundred list. Oh, I tell Whitney would be hurting. Um, so that drops on Thursday. Rian Johnson, the man behind the Knives Out series and Star Wars: Last Jedi, has a new show coming to Peacock this Thursday. The synopsis on Wikipedia reads: Poker Face is an upcoming American television series created by Rian Johnson for the streaming service Peacock. It's a case of the week mystery comedy drama. Natasha Leone executive produces and stars in the series. Natasha Leone, you might recognize the name, you might not, but she is in Orange Is the New Black. She's one of the main characters. And some of the other like people that caught my eye on the cast, we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Ron Perlman also there. And I don't know, it just looks like a good show. I love like case of the week, like episodic shows. Where What happens now is like you have to start from the beginning. You have to wait till your spouse is caught up, whatever. If you can get a week by week show where every week is just something completely new, a fun new case that gets solved in 30 to 30 minutes to an hour, like Psych was. like I was just seriously yeah. like thinking, I was like, oh, Austin has a deep love for yeah. Psych and that's the exact. Who doesn't? So, I don't know. Does that excite you? Does that sound like a good show? Or? No, it does. I am curious about, because I don't know who Natasha is. Is she Piper? In no, she is kind of the tough gangster one that has like puffy hair, has a raspy voice. It's been a while. But. If I showed you a picture of her, you'd be like, oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. But Knives Out, I mean like, Rian Johnson, the guy behind, the creator of the series, has a really good resume. Yeah, so no, for sure. I think that caught my eye. Anything. Um, the only other show coming out this week that might be interesting is dropping on Netflix Friday. It's called You People. When a Rideshare mix-up in LA brings Ezra Cohen, Jonah Hill, and Amira Mohammed, Lauren London, together. The two find themselves connecting over a shared love of streetwear and music. As they fall in love, their relationship is tested by their respective families. Ezra's progressive and semi-woke parents, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, aka Elaine from Seinfeld, and David Duchovny from X-Files, and Amira's unyielding yet concerned parents, played by Eddie Murphy and Nia Long, who inject themselves into their lives mercilessly. Kenya Barris' feature film directorial debut is a modern love story set amidst clashing cultures and interfaith relationships so i think essentially we're gonna have like two families that are super contrasting styles like one's gonna be like this more abrasive loud in your face kind of like say modern day romeo yeah. and juliet exactly <laughs> we got the cata with the montesquieu's and the do you remember the other name what was the other family Montague, it was cata it started with a c cat catapults i don't know right in if you remember <laughs> the name. 
<laughs> yeah, please help us. Um, I and, predict this will be Netflix top ten. This sounds like the oh, yeah. winner. Well, I mean, on the names alone, Jonah yeah. Hill, Eddie Murphy, yep. like you got a ton of names. To be to be honest, if this didn't have those names, I think I would not even look twice at this. Does that sound like my type of show? It might be yours. Does that sound like something that would pop up on my? Yeah, it sounds like it'd be on your suggested page, not on mine. But with all the names attached, um, I'm at least interested in looking that way. I think it's a movie, so that makes it a little bit easier for me too we can like i'm at least willing to play my switch while you watch that back yeah yeah quality time so um yeah so that wraps it up for the news as well as what's dropping this week and after this we will hop into uh the main discussion of the show which is last of us hbo's new hit show we'll be talking about episodes one and two with parker stanley until then adios amigos Welcome, Parker. How's it going, my man? Pretty good. It's been a while. Uh, do you feel like a new man without tonsils now that you've had those removed? Yes, in more ways than one. That was <laughs> the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And I've, you know, and I think that just means I've led a pretty charmed life, but that was awful. The recovery was. Yeah, that's very first world, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize um, that. As someone who knows nothing about this, like when you said that, like in my head, I'm like, I thought that only happened to like teenagers and stuff. I don't know why. I've never heard of like an adult getting their tonsils out what what causes that dude why why do you get those out so it is largely children that do it but i just never had it done and i had giant tonsils like to the point where and i didn't even realize how bad it was but it like obstructed my breathing and caused sore throats and stuff like that and so i went to my doctor and i was like hey um i've been having like sore throats and i've been using because i have sleep apnea so i was like i've been using my cpap machine and i have these sore throats because i'll refer you to an ENT ears nose and throat and so I go to the ENT and he's like dude you have giant tonsils like why didn't they do that I was like oh, I don't know <laughs> and so they had to take them out but it is like they they told they would say like repeatedly like all right look recovery it's just a rough recovery like this is a hard surgery to recover from I was like okay and they were not kidding yeah and I promise we'll get into the last of us here shortly but I gotta know like <laughs> what do they go through your mouth and then pull them out or do they make an incision somewhere like how Oh yeah, because your your tonsils. I don't know if you, they kind of just hang near the back of your throat, yeah, like up on the top corners. And so they just go in, they put me out, they go in, they cut them out, and they cauterize oh. where they used to be. Um, but, you know, like, that's a surgery. And so while you're recovering, you're supposed to stay hydrated. And I, like, it hurt to swallow because, obviously, mm-hmm. that's where all the pain is coming from. And uh, and so on top of that, like, I didn't eat for three days at one point. Like, I just had water and some Gatorade because that's all I could, like, oh get past. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. Um, but anyway, I'm fine now. Feels great. Uh, and... And um, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird sensation because those things took up, you know, a good chunk of my mouth. And now it's like, oh, my mouth is bigger. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're glad you're alive. Glad your uh, <laughs> sultry, dulcetone voice is is still exactly the same as it was before. Oh, I was hoping um, it was better than ever, but I'll settle for same as always. Yeah, yeah. at a bare minimum. I mean, at least we have the same <laughs> voice. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a while, but wanted to get you back on because... 
Last of Us. Anytime I hop on Instagram or anywhere, it seems like everyone's talking about it. And to be honest, it's not the type of show I would normally go out of my way to watch unless I saw this type of hype and conversation around it. Not to mention, you have Pedro Pascal, who I really love and everything he yeah. does, from Narcos to Mandalorian. Um, so that that's kind of what caught me, got me into it. What what got you started watching? Was it me texting you, or were you already planning on watching it, or what? Oh, no, no, very much planning on texting it. So, obviously, this is like, you know, for anyone who follows video games, this mm-hmm. is in the in the Mount Olympus, right? Like, it's in the yep. pantheon of, of all-time greats. And so, I played about the first, I don't know, quarter, fifth of the game at a friend's house when I was back in college. And I didn't get a chance to finish it, but also, I kind of didn't want to. It was mm-hmm. so intense and mm-hmm. anxiety-inducing. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I can't. I can't. Oh my gosh, I can't. I can't. And at the time, I wasn't playing a lot of video games. So, like, to go from nothing to that was a lot, which sounds ridiculous, but it really yeah. does. Like, it's the scariest game I've ever played. It's so intense. Like, you're constantly feeling like, I don't have ammo. I don't have a shiv. I don't, I, what am I going to do? <laughs> it's just like, it's so hard. But um, obviously, that was what, 10 years ago it came out? It's got to be at least 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, been a while. Yeah. And so I know the story, um, you know, broadly like i know all the the big reveals and all that kind of stuff uh so yeah i think it's a great story it was a great game i just wasn't <laughs> emotionally and mentally ready for it so yeah i was really excited and like you said love pedro pascal like he has yet to be in anything and me not absolutely love him i mean even wonder woman 1984 or whatever it was oh, called, yeah, yeah um it was okay it, the, there were some weird choices in there but he was just incredible he do you know do you know what country he's from he's chilean i believe chilean, yeah. he, he really like i buy that he's like texan I swear he like plays a Texan in Narcos and then he's like a Texan again here. I don't know, man. He's, his English is really good, but uh, yeah, it's incredible. Oh, and uh, if you haven't seen it yet, the um, what's it called? Unbearable weight of massive talent. He was incredible. Oh yeah, in I've that. seen that. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Dude. Yeah, he's so good. Like anything he's in, it's just he's so good. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad we're coming from this from different angles because you probably have a lot more familiarity with it having played the game. Mm. I am someone who loves PlayStation, love Naughty Dog, the studio that made the video game. Sure. I love Uncharted, um, and I haven't really played Red Dead Redemption, but love Uncharted is probably my favorite game and i haven't played it because i know myself and those those types of games are just way too stressful especially when you're by yourself and there's just the amount of jump scares you have everything and what's funny is video game adaptations when they come when it comes to adapting video games to movies or shows have had like this long curse of never really being good i say uncharted mm-hmm. was passable it, it wasn't great but it was passable and this one everyone was saying is like we finally broke the curse we finally have a show that <laughs> that is quality and stands on its own and one of the things i think was really interesting was like the marketing leading up to the show they never mentioned once at least that i saw a playstation logo they never mentioned that it was tied to a video game i think they really wanted to like detach it from that stigma and just say like this is its own thing those who know know and they'll come because they they play the game we don't need to shout it out and i think it kind of worked for them that's so true because it's like look if you like the video game you're gonna see this movie no matter what ads we put out so these ads aren't for you guys Mm -hmm. for you gaming nerds like this is for (laughs) everybody else exactly um i will say though the 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 greatest so far um uh video game adaptation of a show has Mm -hmm. it already exists and it's arcane the Mm. league of legends adaptation on netflix 
I don't care who you are. You have you can have no idea what League of Legends is. That is that show, animated or is that it's animated? Okay. It's animated. It is unbelievably good. Like the animation alone is it's unreal. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yes, obviously live action. Is there any good live action video game? I don't think. I, I like I said, I think one. is passable. Everything else is just kind of blah. The yeah. Mario movie coming out this year, I think, is going to be decent. Like it looks everything I've seen, like as good as a Mario movie can be like you know what i mean i think it's gonna yeah be- but yeah i don't i don't know if a video uh, there's been a good live action adaptation video game ever that's crazy i know they've had so many bombs i think i swear like the assassin's creed michael fassman i don't know there's yeah. just so many dude i've just been there's blah, been a I'm glad, movie I'm glad back in the day with the rock that everyone forgets about <laughs> yeah uh lara croft has been kind of whatever yeah there's yeah. just yeah so, so hopefully well, this is it yeah hopefully this is the one hbo i mean at the very least with hbo you're gonna get something that's like a b plus always at least even yeah. if it's not your thing it's gonna be quality and you know that i don't particularly love zombie shows i was not a walking dead per- i never watched walking dead past the first episode um but this one like having watched episodes one two and and by the way spoiler alert, we're gonna be getting into all the spoilers here uh it the way it treats like zombies and all this stuff is just so different from like other mediums that i've seen where it's not about jump scares and being kind of like cheesy and corny and like you really feel like oh my god you're killing someone who was a human being mm-hmm. um the way the zombies are i don't know it's like the whole maybe we maybe we should set the tone here just kind of like high level but essentially you have joelle and ellie are the main characters pedro pascal and then do you know do you know who the actress is that plays ellie uh it, it i just saw it in the credits and i can't remember now i've never okay. i don't think i've seen her in anything else is the first thing i've seen her she in, plays like, a 14 year old girl i'm pretty sure she's like way older than that like 18 21 but she definitely passes <laughs> she looks as 14, 14 yeah. yeah totally she's like a really young face and essentially there's you know the very beginning of the show you get these like it's kind of like this look into this talk show and you have these two scientists kind of debating what is the like worst thing that humanity could face and the one is you know talking about a virus and the other scientists like pretty much like no 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 virus yeah it might wipe out some of population but we can create vaccines for viruses what the real fear is is mushrooms fungi cordyceps and the the other guy's like yeah well yeah but those don't attach themselves to humans right and he's like well not at the current global temperature but if the the earth was to heat to you know a certain degree that our uh, average human temperature rose four degrees then cordyceps could basically infect humankind and the way mushrooms work is like a colony they can take over people and control them it's not just like it would kill them but it would essentially turn them into these zombies uh zombie plants you know yeah yeah so that's kind of the how the show starts so you you know you already kind of get the tone right there and and right away i was like oh my gosh we're talking about so many things that are like really like timely i don't Mm -hmm. i'm sure the creators of the show did not wish for a pandemic but man the pandemic would really help like add some really gravitas to the show some reality because yeah. like everything they're talking about whether it's like earth temperatures whether it's vaccines and pandemics and all this it's just like so timely and yeah. it sucks you in right from the beginning and i liked i liked in both episodes how they both started with completely unrelated people doing i mean unrelated to to joel yeah. and ellie like not necessarily the whole story but i really liked that their cold opens are just um giving you a look at what it was like or you know kind of setting it up in the first episode and the second episode showing you like oh these were decisions that were made at the beginning of this thing and that's what led to the world we see with joel and ellie and so i've really enjoyed both and i hope that keeps up that we 
get these little vignettes almost of other people dealing with different aspects of uh you know this infection this epidemic i guess it's still an epidemic um i've really enjoyed that and yeah that first opening episode where it's like the 60s and i was kind of like because again i know the story i was like the 60s what's that have to do with mm-hmm. anything and i thought that was a really cool way into this like to set it up so that we don't have to hear a lot like from then on they're like look we already told you that fungus is a thing that can happen and so when you see it you're not like oh what is this they just get to show you they don't have to have these exposition dumps because they took care of it at the beginning of that first yeah. episode where they set it up for you so you can just react to you know that crazy grandma next door oh my gosh oh my gosh when, that scene did dude when his daughter was looking at the mantle and you see the grandma in the background like out of uh, focus so far that might be the scariest thing in this whole show oh, like, oh, I, don't, I don't like that so much <laughs> the old lady grandma turning into a zombie was easily the worst part of the show so oh, far and dude, i don't know what it is about old ladies but like anytime oh. there's old ladies in show in horror movies it's always the scariest part to me yes dude. There's, always, there's always a little kid with like long hair <laughs> yeah. covering her eyes and there's always an old lady and they're both really scary so. yeah oh my gosh uh, awful yeah and it's the i will say like having come into the show pretty blind like not knowing anything i did i feel like i already knew somewhat where it was going just from the covers of the video game and everything it's always mm-hmm. been joel and ellie so when the first episode hit i was kind of expecting him to be with ellie already and it turns out he has a daughter and that, that's not ellie it's he has his daughter and when the zombie like basically apocalypse hits they kind of take off running have to just having to escape the city that whole first episode is just like this one long adrenaline rush of like oh, how yeah. freaky it would really be if all of a sudden your neighbors are starting to like you know you hear sirens going shots are going off all over the neighborhood like it was just pure chaos and, and then in hindsight in the second episode we find out oh they were bombing the city like that's what those flashes and stuff were in the uh, first episode yeah you find out later it's like oh they were bombing the city to try and like reduce the spread which oh yes my gosh. and you have Thank police you. officers like who are like really antsy trigger happy all of a sudden like they're getting orders just to shoot anyone suspicious you know because they're afraid it will spread and you know what's crazy is like prior to the pandemic you might be like oh this is not realistic but after the pandemic you see like just kind of the chaos and like what people are willing to do and just i don't know man it, it really brings it home of like it makes it more believable everything that's going on and he yeah. ends up like i'm trying to remember from because i just watched the second episode tonight but in the first episode he loses his daughter how how do we how does he get separated from her i'm, I'm trying to remember i know that police officer situation happens but then i'm not really can't remember how they fully got separated you mean in the first episode before they get back together before she dies you mean or yeah so like no i th- okay so <laughs> maybe i'm maybe it's been a it's been a week since i watched the first episode but i was i was an impression i didn't know she actually died oh yeah um, yeah that that officer when he or that i think he's military when he just just kind of fires at joel and they dive down she gets yeah she dies okay because they didn't Ooh, i hate to break it I'm wrong but i don't remember them actually showing the body i feel like they just kind of flash forward to like the future when he's like working for any job he can to make ends meet and like save up money yeah i think he hold he's holding her body but and then it cuts it cuts okay. black there, so i think in my head it wasn't like a confirmed like she was dead it was more of just like something happened years later okay so good to know um yeah, but yeah sad obviously and that that makes his kind of relationship with ellie even more like you know i, I can see it happening already but it's gonna get it's mm-hmm. it's likely headed towards a father-daughter relationship even though right now it's kind of contentious their relationship yeah yeah and that's kind of the back you know that that's what makes it so good because you know like you said there's a lot 
of zombie stuff. And about 10 years ago, there was a, so much zombie stuff. Ugh, so Everything much. was zombie. And the ones that succeed, and I will say I did watch the first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead, and when it's at its best is when the zombies are the backdrop. Like, it, they're just mm-hmm. the threat. They're just the, the device that gets the story going. It's the human interaction that makes the story. And that's very much why The Last of Us is so good. It's because it's not about zombies. It's about people in a world that's been destroyed because of zombies. So that's definitely the strength of these stories is when, and I think probably most stories, you know, like the majority of great stories. Yeah. It's because the people, you get attached to them. And so, yeah, that it, it's such a good setup for, for both of them. Yeah, the action is really earned. It's not just like boom, 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 mm-hmm. every five seconds. Like you really feel it because they've spent a lot of time building up characters and their stories. And, and like the moral quandaries and questions it, it, it like gives you, like I haven't had a show like this in quite a while that makes you like really think in this way. For example, in the first episode, kind of the pandemic, the zombie breakout was happening. Everyone's going crazy. People are trying to all leave the city and they see a car broken down on the side of the highway. And this car is asking for help. They're in trouble, right? They're like, help. We need, you know, we need help. Mm-hmm. And the daughter's like, well, let's stop and help them. And, and Pedro Pascal, you know, Joel, he's he's like, no, we just got to keep going. And it's just like this question of like, okay, if you're dad, you're your protector, Papa Bear, you know, do you prioritize your family's safety to that degree that you're willing to not help others or is the right thing to do to stop and help others, even though you might risk your own family? You know, like there's just all these questions. In episode two, we see it again with the woman who gets bit and, you know, she decides to sacrifice herself to to help the group because she knows where it's going. But I feel like a lot of people in that situation would be like, no, 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 there's got to be a cure. It's not going to happen to me. They can do anything they can to hang on to to their life before uh, doing what she did. So. And I and I have to say one of the parts that, you know, helps with that is because it's a 20 year jump, I think. Is that right? From when we see Joel's daughter, like the outbreak with Joel and his yeah, daughter. Like that, the, yeah. I think it's like 20 years. Um, And the fact that they've been living in this world for 20 years makes it feel so hopeless, which is why, mm-hmm. you know, for Joel, it's like, oh, I'm not even going to get my hopes up. Like, of course, like they've talked about this for 20 years. And for those of us who, you know, we keep thinking, OK, there's a vaccine. OK, there's whatever. And like, OK, maybe now it'll go away it's like imagine doing that for 20 years it's like i'm not i'm not hopeful anymore like this is the world i'm not gonna get my hopes up nothing's gonna change this is the world and so you know they really inhabit that when you're watching this show it's like oh yeah it does feel like this is the world and everything's hopeless dude totally that yeah the second episode is just like it's just it feels so much more barren and and empty you know what i mean it's just like Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's just like a numbers game at that point and one other aspect i like is there's a it would be a really easy route just to make it humans versus zombies you know um but they they add a couple extra elements with the whole fireflies gang yeah Um, it kind of had this like it's it's not really clear at this point but there's some type of established government system there it's still in place and then you have fireflies which is like this rebel uh you know kind of star wars rebels uh Mm -hmm. like unit that's kind of like running against the law but they're not bad guys necessarily either that we can tell at least that i can tell and so you kind of have like it's multi-layered it's not just like humans versus zombies we're all teamed up it's like well yeah you in a situation like this you would have break off factions you'd have people looting and breaking the law and taking things in their own hand because the government like obviously doesn't have the control they did at one point you know and it's just i don't know they bring so many more dynamics to it than just oh yeah bad walking zombies shoot them kill them kind of thing yeah and what's kind of interesting about the fireflies too is i don't exactly know like what they stand for like i know yeah marlene is the leader i know marlene says something about you know we're fighting against this tyrannical dictator 
dictatorship. It's like, yeah, okay. But before you found Ellie, which seems to have been very recent, like what was the end game? Like, are you just anarchists? I guess like it's, so I don't know if there'll be more of that. And I can't remember if it gets into it in the game or not, or at least the part again that I played. But so that's kind of interesting to be like, you know, here's a quarantine zone. It's not great, but you're not dead. And these people are like, oh, screw the government. It's like, well, what's the other plan? Like what, <laughs> what's the other plan at this point? Like, do you want no quarantine zone or just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, so it is interesting that it's all kind of a gray area. Like there is no good guys or bad guys at this point. I mean, even the guy that, you know, Joel, I assume he kills him when he beats him to, when he beats him that guard who he had been, you know, kind of oh, working yeah. on working with him to, to get some cash or whatever it was. And he's out there, you know, doing patrolling. He's like, yo, you guys can't leave. Like, I know we got business, but like, I can't, I'm doing this by the books and she would have tested positive. So it's like, even that guy's not a bad guy. I don't know. So yeah. And so that's, that's much more intriguing when you never like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I don't know whose side I would be on. Is anyone right? Who knows? So that is much more uh, compelling and it's, it's nice to see that. No, hundred percent. It's like all gray area. It kind of turns into this, like basically an animalistic jungle society. You know, it's like, it's like we, we don't blame animals for killing each other. Right. They're just, it's like, it's part of how it, how it has to be to survive. And it just kind of turns into that where it's just like, it's all about survival. It's not, I mean, sure. There's still a lot of moral questions we had there, but it's just, it doesn't feel the same. It feels like these guys are just doing what they can to survive and yeah. uh, they have an objective. The The objective for me is a little unclear and that could be at me just missing details or maybe they haven't shared them yet. But, you know, obviously you have Ellie who was bitten by a zombie but is not contagious, right? She doesn't transform. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's this hope that she's a cure. So we have kind of this one storyline of we must protect her at all costs. She's, she's kind of the hope for humanity. And yet they're kind of keeping it really close to their chest which is like you would think if there's something like this like oh i gotta give this to the government right i gotta get this to the right people's hands scientists so they can study her and and share this with humanity but that's it's clearly that that's not what's happening yet or on the table yet and Mm. simultaneously i think he's looking for his brother right yeah tommy so yeah so you have kind of like he's looking for his brother now he has this girl that could be the cure for humanity they were looking for a radio and battery i don't know there's just so many like little objectives going on it's not clear to me in my head what is like a to z what what is the end goal here and perhaps they don't know yet either maybe they're just trying to do one step at a time like you know they have all these problems they're dealing with they're just trying to get by but yeah and i like that it sets up you know with um tessa's sacrifice at the end of episode two it really sets up why joel's moving forward with this because like it's clear he does not believe in it there's no room for hope mm-hmm. i mean he started this thing by watching his daughter die so it's like that's how the pandi- the epidemic started for him mm-hmm. and over two year 20 years it hasn't gotten better and so you know he doesn't care he's doing this to get his car battery to go look for his brother and then when it got weird you know like the fireflies had been killed uh in that building and so he's like screw like let's go home like he wants to bail and she basically makes him promise to do it because she believes like she has some hope and so it's gonna be you know i'm sure going forward watching these conflicting motivations he has where it's like i don't i i you know he very much does not believe she'll be a cure like at all and so at this point like you said it's not even on the table like oh do i give her to the government because like well who cares it's not real like we can't cure this this is Mm. the world this is life there is no end to this like there's no cure and so it'll be interesting to see him struggling with you know going through the motion of trying to get her to the fireflies somehow um while at the same time it's like he doesn't believe in it and so it's like well is how much is this worth for a car battery or how much is it worth for the promise i made tess um 
yeah, so that'll be it, it's such a good setup to to have him feel obligated to some degree to just keep going, even though he doesn't believe in anything anymore. Oh, 100 percent. And what, what, one thing that just popped in my head, I, I don't know, I was just thinking back to the most re- recent episode tonight was like because tonight we're actually seeing them confront the zombies with their guns and all of that. And I I don't know. I just wasn't expecting the zombies to be so resilient. <laughs> I was thinking mm-hmm. like one shot, they're dead. It was like yeah, they had to shoot them multiple times, and only in the head would like would actually you know kill them. And how close the zombies were. I don't know, man. I just wasn't expecting kind of the style. It's so much. It's so much better than the kind of limping, ooh, you know, moaning yeah. zombie who's just like slugging along. One shot, you know, he's down. I don't know. It was th- these things are a lot more evolved uh, and. T- to kill and it's like they kind of hinted that in the second episode but that they are like real mushrooms or fungi where they have mm-hmm. if you if you affect one one somewhere you know through the roots and the ground and all this well then another patch somewhere else is gonna be be aware of it you know so it's just like I, I'm sure it's gonna come into bigger play later but it's essentially they're all like one organism which is kind of crazy yeah I that is something that like I think they're called clickers in the video game if I remember correctly and oh my gosh dude it, when they when they go into that museum in the second episode and um they move upstairs and like okay we got to be quiet i was like oh my gosh it's clickers because they're deaf and like that's clear in the video game too and so i was like oh my gosh here it comes and so when they head into that room that's relatively untouched and it has those you know glass exhibits that Mm. looks like it's straight out of the video game was like oh my gosh here it comes (laughs) like my anxiety started shooting up i was like this is it i know what goes down here but man you're right like the way they would come at them you know just this um like complete disregard for anything just throwing themselves yeah. at joel or whoever that was awesome and i can't i'm trying to remember the video game if it mattered i mean i'm sure headshots did more damage because that's just <laughs> you know video game physics but i can't mm-hmm. remember if you can just shoot them up and they eventually bleed out you know what i mean like i can't remember if there was anything special because you know with zombies you shoot them in the head but i don't that doesn't seem to be the case here i i, I can't remember what the rules are but oh man yeah like the clicking and the the trying to be quiet like they did such a good job of making that uh you know just amping up the the intensity without even when there wasn't shooting and he's just like hiding it's like oh my gosh this is oh yeah we, this we, is awful. yeah that whole scene you know kind of when they walk in the museum all like that it's funny you said because that was the part to me i was like this is a video game 100 yeah. video game yes. as you're walking up the stairs trying to be quiet you know something's gonna jump out at you you're gonna hear the clicking far away and yeah i i think they need to upgrade not upgrade but they need, they need some shotguns uh, if you ask me because it's we played uh enough, we played enough video games to know what they yeah mean. i played i played enough zombies games so um anyways man i i really enjoyed it i i'm pleasantly surprised kind of makes me want to play the video game but also at the same time kind of pushing me away from the video game with just how <laughs> how stressful i know it will be <laughs> oh man yeah it, it's yeah it, it it's like that it feels like that they did a good job of capturing that um the feeling of playing the video game and i will say the one part i hate most even over the um the old lady has to be the the part where Tess kisses that dude at oh. the end. Oh, oh man I I will see that in my nightmares that was that, so gross bro that and then when the lady in Jakarta is in the morgue and like the sh- shrooms are coming out of the mouth it's just, it felt with Tess it felt like I was like what is she doing why is she doing that but I'm like I think that's I'm pretty sure that's like her you know infected side like it was basically she was fighting that infected side like her infected side is saying do this become like part mm-hmm. of the colony yeah. and then like her last bit of humanity is like 
like drop this ladder and blow this place up. So. Oh man, I was also yelling. I was like, just use the grenades. There's so many grenades that, that will also light the gasoline. <laughs> like, but, you know, if she's turning into a mushroom, I'm, I'll I'll forgive her. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Well, yeah, but I mean, she's flicking the Zippo lighter twenty times. It's like, okay, either grab a grenade or two. All you need is a spark. So just kneel yeah. down and flick the sparks on the gasoline. Like, quick, yeah, trying to get a perfect light here. Oh, gracious. Anyway, but yeah, that was, yeah, I hated that so much. <laughs> oh, that kiss will haunt me forever. I know. That was a bad one. Well, it, that's that's pretty much all I have to say. You got anything to say uh, to, to wrap it up here? Any thoughts on the show or thoughts about future episodes? Things you're looking forward to without spoiling? Uh, no, I think I've got about an episode or two before I'll be caught up to where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, it, it's it's a really good balance to like because even for you who haven't hasn't played the game like you notice that you're like oh this looks like a video game level yes. it's like that's where you would go for cover um you know like it's it's quite clear that it's set up for some kind of fight uh so it really does strike a great balance and largely that comes down to I mean, the writing is good, obviously, and that you can take straight from the video game. Like, the writing was incredible. But also the acting is just so well done. Like, these feel like real people in a real situation. And so it's just easy to latch on to them. And uh, and so when there are these video gamey moments, it's earned and it makes sense and it plays out. Like, all the characters make sense. So I'm I'm excited and hopefully, because there's other great video games. Like, I would give anything to see some Red Dead Redemption 2, you know, as, as a show oh my gosh that'd be so good it's already basically a movie let's so. just let's just have pedro pascal and all these i think yeah pull it I, off, absolutely right? i would uncharted buy red dead he can, <laughs> he can do it all so. he can be laura croft i don't care oh i get it <laughs> but uh but yeah so i'm very excited it's it's really good so far and i i do think it still feels like a, a truthful obviously it's a super truthful adaptation and i think uh, also just credit to the source material it's so good to begin with that it's you know it makes it so much easier easier than trying to make doom into a, mo- a motion picture it's like oh no 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 this is already basically a movie so yeah or you know a show and so it's yeah. a little easier to adapt it when it meets you halfway like that yeah a hundred percent and speaking of adaptions i'll end with this uh since i know all the marvel execs listen to this show for sure 100 percent mm-hmm. uh marvel hey, zombies um you know i'm not i'm not looking for a zombie renaissance here but marvel zombies that's a book you made me read like 10 years ago. And cause I wasn't, I don't know. I, was, I wasn't really into comics or anything like that. And you're like, okay, check this one out. I read it and I was like, Oh my gosh, dude, this, this is fun. This is what we need. And I think, you know, Marvel's really serious and pretty much everything they're doing right now, trying to build up their big stories. But I would just love a one-off Marvel zombies movie where we, we get Spider-Man trying to, trying to eat uh Mary Jane's head or something, oh you know, whatever gosh, it was that, yeah. book that, that was going yeah, on. That was but, the darkest freaking comic. It but, was so, like, dark funny at the same time i will say if you haven't watched uh marvel what if yet i would recommend it oh okay um, i have not uh yeah i won't say anything more than that and so it won't it, it's not nazi zombies full-on nazi zombies but uh-huh. it might scratch that itch for you a little bit so i won't give okay. away too much but you should watch that series it's pretty sure done done sweet dude well appreciate your time man and uh i'm guessing we'll be uh syncing up next sunday to talk episode three right on let's do it sweet,